Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. So Paul's going to come and speak to us this morning and it feels almost like God's completely set him up for what he's going to say. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't be too close to that camera, do you? <laughs> okay, let's just pray for you, Paul. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for Paul. Thank you for what you've put in his heart to share from his experience of life. Lord, we pray now you give us hearts to receive what you want to say to us through Paul this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right, I should be on now. Have you got me? Hey, that's always a good start. You have to bear with me just a minute. It's been an interesting walk to get to this point. And it all started actually with something that uh, our group leader sent out earlier, a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was uh, some meditations for Lent. And the meditation that morning was on Psalm 46. Can we have Psalm 46 on? Oh, thank you. That's good. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help for those in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of God, the sacred home of the Most High. For God dwells in that city and it cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. Nations are in chaos, kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here amongst us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns shields with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be honoured by every nation. I will be honoured throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here amongst us. The God of Israel is our fortress. (sighs) Many of the thoughts this morning were triggered as I read and just thought on that psalm. And the fact that the only way I believe we can manage to survive the storms of life is by actually putting into practice that thought, be still and know that I'm God. You know, we've seen the storms, you know, we've seen pictures of storms, of trees blown and all sorts. But I want to take a step back before we press on and just ask the question that if we're really following Jesus, surely life should be wonderful, should be peaceful. You know, we shouldn't have troubles. 
Well, I have to be honest and say that is just not my experience of the Christian life. So if somebody's promised you that, I'm probably going to disappoint you this morning. I've sort of thought around this, and as I approach my 66th birthday this year, I approach officially becoming an old age pensioner, and I will finally get my state pension. It seems ages to wait, because I've been sort of semi-retired since I was 60. But then there's always been other little jobs come along for me to do. So I've looked back over 50 years of a Christian life, And for me, there have been trials, many, many storms. I wasn't brought up in a Christian family. Dad's experience of the war had put him off church and anything. The war had left him slightly deaf. So I had little contact with church. I was one of those who joined the Boys' Brigade, to those who've ever heard of the Boys' Brigade, similar to the Scouts, but we always said we were slightly more religious than the scouts. But that's by the by. And each year we'd go away to camp. And at camp, you know, every morning you had Bible study. And every morning they had a little challenge for you. And each year I'd start reading my Bible in Genesis. I never managed to get to the end of Genesis. But that was how it was. But in my late times I was to come face to face with God challenging me in a baptism service. And it was a strange time because it was the same time that I got arrested. Um, I was doing my A-levels and as part of our sort of school study for social services, we were encouraged to go out and do old age people visiting. And one morning the police turned up at school because... The old lady I visited had lost her handbag. And I was the only one who'd been in the house. And all her money, as ladies in the 70s of of a certain age, they used to keep all the money in the handbag because they didn't like banks. You collected your pension from the post office and popped it in your handbag and used it when you needed it. And I was to be stuck in a police station for three or four hours until the lady's daughter visited and found where she'd hidden the handbag because she'd forgotten where it was. Yeah, but life's strange. I was going to get married in 1977. It sounds such a long time ago now. And in eight years later, in 1985, my son was born. And in 1987, I actually then suffered what was to be my second significant hospital say. My first one had been as a child, and I don't really mu- remember much about it. I'm sure it was... Tough for my parents at the time. But I had a very serious car crash on the A38. Funny enough, not far from Alfreton. I was coming down from Yorkshire back to Birmingham and somebody decided that they didn't like the queue on the other side of the A38. Crossed the central reservation in days before there were any barriers. I was coming the other way at 70 and we uh, collided. We rose off the car. I broke my jaw and ankle. so much so that my top set of teeth were actually not connected to the rest of the skull. And I was on a liquid diet for eight weeks until it sorted itself out. So that was a tough time. And marriage and life continued, but we did have one big problem. I had a son who was lovely, 
except he didn't like to sleep at night. And unfortunately, my wife and I could never agree on the best way to deal with it. And I thought that we'd agreed to disagree. It wasn't the case. My wife actually thought that I really didn't care enough and didn't support her enough. And along with other problems, it led to my marriage breaking down in separation and then divorce after 20 years. And this morning, for those of you who are married, my simple message would be simply, please don't ignore issues if there are them. Get them dealt with. Seek help. You've got community group leaders. There are elders here who would help you to get the matter sorted rather than later. Because if you leave it, it festers, it spoils, and the relationship spoils. And, you know, with the beauty of hindsight looking back, I know now that many of the things that caused my marriage to spoil were my fault. It was easy to see the things that I saw my wife did wrong, but it took me many years to work out how many of them were my fault. And really, only in the last two years, sitting down with Phil, have we actually sorted some of those issues finally out and cleared the closet as it was. But separation, divorce, it's awful. We did the best for my son to make sure he was looked after. But I had three or four years of feeling totally rejected, being very, very angry with God, feeling that he'd forgotten me. And it was only really Christian friends around me who supported me and prayed for me and looked after me, even on my grumpiest of days. In those dark days... But in all of them, God didn't abandon me. In 2001, I was to meet my second wife and gain four stepdaughters when we married in 2002. And that was challenging because she was registered as blind and one of her daughters was, only had one working eye, was registered as partial sighted. I had to learn lots about eyes. And... She was actually in a small community in Shirebrook, having moved there from London. And the people in Shirebrook didn't really appreciate her turning up and getting the social housing that they thought should have gone to somebody local. And life was tough. She'd gone through many difficult things. But working together, we, we got through until in 2009, she was to be diagnosed with terminal cancer and to die in December 2010. And we ended up with a funeral on Christmas Eve. They were very dark days. The church stood around us and supported us. We had good Christian friends who basically said, call us any time, night and day, and we'll be there. If you need to take Janine into hospital, we'll come and look after the girls. The girls can't cope, they can ring us and we can be an ear to listen to. I was so aware that just how broken and battered her body had been by the cancer. So in many ways her death was a release. I worked out that the only way that God could heal her was to give her a total new glorious body. 
And he did that in heaven. And for the first time, I know that she can truly see clearly with two brand new eyes. It reminded me of one of her favourite songs, which is, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. And you can see that as positive or negative. If you can see the obstacles, you can avoid them. If you're a glass half full or half empty person, you might see it as all them obstacles are going to trip me up. But I also like the, 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 just that saying, I think I can make it now the pain is gone. All of the bad feelings have disappeared. Here is that rainbow I've been praying for. Rainbows was one of her favourite things. Sorry. But I was left with three teenage daughters, 14, 16 and 18, who were due with school, exams, coming to term with loss of their mother. It was only again with the support of church and friends that we made it through. And then I was to get married for a third time. And as I've often pointed out, one advantage of being married for a third time is that I've learnt of lots of things not to do. <laughs> and hopefully I'm slightly better for it. And so now I have one son, four stepdaughters and two stepdums. We've relocated from Birmingham because Ruth originally came down to Birmingham, helped look after three teenage girls, having had two lads of her own, and always said, it'd be nice to have daughters. I think inheriting 14 and 16 and 18-year-olds was somewhat of a shock. (laughs) We had to deal with self-harming. We had to deal with them coming to terms with losing their mum so early. They've they've gone on. They're doing okay. Some Some cope with me better than others. Some of them talk to me regularly. Some of them, I get a text message once in a blue moon. I think that's uh, similar. My biggest challenge was actually to come in 2018, not so long ago, and some of you here will remember it, some of you won't know about it. But I was diagnosed with cancer. And due to early diagnosis, they were able to treat it. I, again, ended up in hospital, and they removed the cancer, and say I'm cancer-free, which is a wonderful statement to be able to make. So, life hasn't been without its challenges. There's more I could share, but I don't think now's the time. So do we expect storms of life, or are they just for the bad people around us? And one of the things that I studied many years ago and have thought on many times is the story of Job. And I'm not going to read the whole passage because time is going to run out of me if I'm not careful. But we've got a picture of Job, a wonderful man, a godly man. And, you know, in the start of Job, we sort of see this picture of a wonderful man who looks after all his children, who does all the right things... And then we get this picture that 
Satan is talking to God some day and God says to him, you know, have you seen my servant Job? And Satan basically says, well, you look after him so well, it's no wonder he loves you. You know, if you take off everything he's got, he won't love you anymore. And Satan actually does many things, but he goes back a second time and basically God says, well, if you, what's about Job now? And the response is, well, you've been, you know, although I've done all that, you've tricked me and it's not enough. You know, he'll do anything to save his life. If you take his health off him, he'd curse you and that's that. Well, I want to just, just sort of think a little bit just on that for a minute. I wonder how I'd react if I received an email tomorrow morning saying that the pension fund all my money's invested in had gone bust and every penny had disappeared. To hear on New Year's Eve that my stepdaughters had been at a party and had been killed in a gas explosion that demolished the building. And if a week later I visited the doctors to find out that my cancer had reappeared. Well, that's the best way I can describe what Joe went through. Basically, had everything taken off him but his life. And the, there's much more to read in the book of Joe, and I'm not going to go into the whole story because I would get in trouble if I did that because I'd be here for another hour or so, or two. Or would I get stopped? Yes, right. <laughs> but it's a picture of what facing the storms can be like, but. That's also sometimes a picture of testing coming. But for me, for poor old Job, it gets worse. He now gets earache and criticism from his wife, who calls him a fool for carrying on trusting God and suggests he should curse God and die. You know, we, we should expect the storms of life. We shouldn't. Expect rose-tinted glasses version of life. It's not, just not it. I want to briefly just think about the story of two builders that Phil preached on ages ago. And that picture of what, when we're building, what are we building and how? And so... I'm going to just paraphrase the story slightly. So the picture of two builders, I've called them Paul and Richard. They both need to build a new house for their family. They've managed to buy a plot of land. It's a nice hot sunny day and Paul is keen to get on with things and decides that the land is nice and firm. The foundations are not really that important. He's got a few slabs he puts down and he can build on them. He's able to start building and in a few weeks the work's complete and they can move in. Meanwhile, Richard, an older and more seasoned builder, examines the land and thinks, hmm, foundations might be useful. But it takes a while to dig down to find the rock underneath. It takes a while to build, but eventually the house is built. There's much more in the parable, but I just want to pick out one quite simple thing. The storm and the flood that impacted both houses, no matter how they built. 
Uh, if you've been in Sunday school, you remember the story at the end that the house on the sand fell flat and the house on the rock stood firm. So for me, the message here is quite simple. In this fallen, damaged, wicked world, troubles will come. And I'm sorry, following Jesus will not insulate you from them. If we look at the picture of people in Ukraine at the moment, people in churches in Ukraine, pictures we've seen of children reading Psalm 31 in the midst of all that they're seeing. So is it all doom and gloom? But not so for Richard because he built carefully with solid foundations and so he stood. So we need to dig deeper. Last week or the week before, I can't remember, we were talking about digging down and unblocking the wells. There is a sense that we need to dig deeper. That just surface isn't enough. As we cope with the COVID pandemic, the impact on our lives, as we look at the world around and wonder what next, and the possibility that things could get even worse, how are we going to cope with fear and anxiety? How do we find peace? How are we going to withstand the storms? Well, I'm taken back to Isaiah 43 as... uh, Ruth, our group leader, said one of my favourite verses. I don't quote it too often, I hope. But Isaiah 43 simply says, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And for me, the really important part about those verses is it's not if. It's not if these things happen. It's when these things happen. And what's God's response? I will be with you. In Matthew we read the story of Jesus uh, and the disciples having trouble in a storm. And Jesus is actually asleep in the boat, I think. The more I thought about this, amazing, you know, these nice fishermen struggling... in, to cross a lake that they must have known what, how to deal with but they think they're going to drown but Jesus simply wakes up stills the storm and quiets the sea it's amazing so Jesus in the midst of a storm can sleep because he knows he's in control The disciples panic and wake him. He tries them for lack of faith, but at the same time still shows them he has authority to calm the storm and still the waves. So this morning we need to come to Jesus, the one who can 
still the storm and calm the winds. I'm just going to turn back to Psalm 46 for a minute. Just point out that within this psalm, God provides a place of safety when things are bad. We do live in a troubled world. You can try and sum it up any other way you like, but it's a mess. But God sits above all of it. And our world is in chaos. And God has his heavenly army. And there is a call to come and see. Whatever we see now, there will be an end to wars. Wars will cease. Isaiah prophesying said, he will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for people, for many people. And they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. A nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Oh, that that day would come. And finally, there is still that call. Be still and know that I'm God. So they're the challenge we face. May they good, bad or ugly. We need to seek Father God, draw closer to Jesus. To share our heart and our worries with him. To listen to his response and be reminded again how much he loves us. As I was preparing, I listened to the song Waymaker. And the words, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working, resounded for me. How often we don't see what God's doing, but it doesn't mean he's not doing something. We need to turn to God. We need whatever we face, whatever we're going through to turn to Jesus, the one who died for our sin, so that all our shame, sin, failures could be dealt with. Today, whatever you've done, God's promise is that in Jesus it has been dealt with. And whatever you face today in the coming week, Jesus is there to walk with you through it. And he has the strength to pick you up when you fall over. We've prayed for Ukraine whose troubles make us seem almost insignificant at this time. And we need more of Jesus as Colossians remind us Christ is all and Christ in us is all we need. There was a little story got shared at Spring Harvest uh, that led to Graham Graham Kendrick writing the song For This I Have Jesus for the joys and for the sorrows. And it was of a godly man who had a favourite saying, for this I have Jesus. Whatever the situation, he would quote it. He eventually had it printed on little yellow bookmarks and gave them out to people. And even when he'd had a stroke and was struggling, he'd still share that. And the speaker shared a story that he'd actually told this in England and a few weeks later received a letter from a lady and she wrote, two years ago a friend of mine wrote to me and in the envelope with her letter she'd enclosed a yellow bookmark and on it were the words, for this I have Jesus. She thought it was lovely and kept it on the table. The next morning the police came to her door 
asked her to go with him to the hospital because her husband had been in a car accident. By the time she got to the hospital, he died. She had to identify the body and go to school and pick up two small children and bring them home. It was the worst day of her life. But when she got home, there on the table, left from the day before, was that little yellow bookmark. And she wrote, I can't tell you what those words have meant for me those last two years. So much so that we have written it on my husband's tomb. For this we have Jesus. So in closing this morning, are you stuck in the midst of the storm? Do you need Jesus to still the wind and the waves? Are you ready to be still and know afresh that I am God? And are there things that stopped you? If you feel God's letting you down, that you've been forgotten. Whatever you need, God is here to meet with you afresh this morning. He wants you to know that whatever you face, whatever makes you feel unloved, whatever you would hear from your inner voice accusing you of, Jesus wants to tell you afresh that he wants to come, he wants to wrap his loving arms around you, declare his love for you, and wants you to know his peace that passes all understanding. Jesus, I don't know what tomorrow may bring, let alone next week or the next decade, but today, knowing you and all that you've done for me, I choose to follow you into the unknown. Amen. May God bless you. Okay, thanks Paul. Sharing personally with us. It's not an easy thing to do to stand up here and actually do that and be honest, open and give yourself away. Um, So... Um, thank you, Paul. really appreciate that. Shall we just stand together? Time's just about gone. I'm sure there's not one of us in this room that hasn't gone through something in our life that's made us question, that we found difficult, we've struggled with, and kind of wish we could have run away from. I'm sure every one of us has faced something. Whether you're still carrying that or not, I don't know. Carrying the effects of that. You're still going through it in the midst of it. But God knows. And God's your helper. And your provider in that time. And he just wants to come near to you right now. So just take a moment. If that's you, if you're just knowing that, I just want to encourage you just to put out your hands before God. It's just an acknowledgement. We're just acknowledging to him that we're open to him by doing that. I need to come just to help us, encourage us, speak to us. So come, Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you for your word that, Lord, in this life we will have trouble, but we're to fear not because you have overcome the world, Jesus. And we thank you that you've overcome the world. And while our circumstances can be, feel like they're overcoming us and overwhelming, we thank you that you're, you promised to be with us. And God, I pray for anyone now who's going through the middle of a storm right now. God, I pray, will you be with them? God, I pray they know your peace, your presence right now in Jesus' name. Would you come to them right now? For those who have got gone through it but still feeling the effects of things from the past, Lord, I pray, would you come and free them from the past? 
God, I pray, would you release your Holy Spirit upon them, Lord, where things may be hindering them, have changed their view of who you are because of their experience. God, I pray, would you come to them? And would you bring fresh revelation of your great love for them? Lord, I pray, come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray, would you come to each one of us? Lord, we, we may not have gone through things particularly. We may not be going in now, but Lord, there's one thing certain in life. We will at some point. And Lord, I pray you'll give us grace and hope to keep looking at you, Jesus, to follow you, Lord, to trust you. And in that moment, be still and know that you are God. And you're always God. And you will always be our God. Lord, so we just thank you this morning. Thank you for Paul. Pray you just bless Paul. Thank you for sharing his heart from his experience, God. I pray your hand of blessing upon him, upon Ruth. Lord, and as they continue to follow you, serve you, days ahead, Lord, we thank you, Lord, and may you enjoy retirement, may you be blessed, Lord, may you have a long and blessed retirement, God, we pray. So thank you for your presence here with us today, thank you for your hand upon us, Lord, we just pray you'll be with us this week, we'll know your presence again this week, day by day, as we go through life, as we experience life, Lord, I pray you'll be with us in Jesus' name. Amen.